Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, family, Ivy family, calling you that because I've been here since Thursday night and it feels like we are family. Um, we've been getting to know some of your leaders. We've been getting to know some of the women yesterday at the call and that's been great. I've just realized that I didn't clean my glasses and now I can't see very well. Lucy, can I ask you to wipe my glasses with something? Thank you so much. It's the lights. So, God has a lot to say to you personally. He has a lot to say to you corporately as a church. He has a lot to say to you uh, as individuals who are part of this city of Manchester. Who heard me this morning? Who stayed again for more? Are you going to get, thank you, double for your trouble? Um, great to see some familiar faces as well. Deborah came to say hi, and it, uh, Deborah and Frank been up in Glasgow, and uh, there you are. I was looking for you in the room. It's nice to see you, and uh, we've had privilege of working with Deborah over the years. It must be like 2014 or something, way way back. It feels like. Uh, so it's good to be in Manchester. I was born in Preston, so almost local, and I grew up in Cumbria. But I've lived in Glasgow since I was 23, and I'm not telling you how old I am now, but it's been a long time longer than when I lived in England. I have a Scottish husband, Alistair. We have a commercial property business and I have two children, 18-year-old Thomas and 16-year-old Sophie, who are a joy and delight. And so it's been a great privilege just to be here. My job at Glasgow Prophetic Centre is assistant director, but basically for 11 years we've just prophesied. We've um, served, we've taught, we've prayed uh, with businesses, prophesied side into business strategy, uh, traveled the world into different churches, different places, brought the word of the Lord, um, got to connect with some amazing people uh, in all different spheres of, of life and influence from the youngest to the eldest and everything in between. So it's our joy to be here this morning and I hope we get to, to know one in, in, in another better. Uh, and I just want to thank Anthony and Zoe, wherever they are, where they were here this morning. Oh, waving at the back, Anthony and Zoe, who invited us uh, to come down and it's been great to get to know them a little bit more. So... I have some prophecy that God is speaking into Manchester and into this house. Who here is from Academy? I know that there's another campus here this morning. I'm sure God will have something to say about Academy as well this morning. Uh, as it goes, he always has things to say. Um, who knows? God speaks to them. All my sheep know my voice. You've already heard his voice because you've responded to salvation. And if you're here looking for uh, the voice of the Lord and wondering, actually, does he speak today? I want you to say, my ears are open, Lord. Think about Samuel, the prophet in the Bible, who said, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm listening. Let me tell you, that's where it all starts. When you position yourself and say, I am listening, Lord. That's certainly how it started in my world because before that, I didn't know God's so personally. So I encourage you. My ears are open, God. You can pray that for yourselves. My ears are open this morning. Speak to me, Lord. So even as I prophesy over you and over the city, I want you to say, God, speak to me personally. What's my part in that? What do I need to hear from you today that really needs to resonate in me that you want me to participate in? So for some, sometimes when we're prophesying into a region or a city, it's almost like, well, what the heck has this got to do with me? You are the city. You are the people. That reminds me of that Michael Jackson song. We are the world. <laughs> we are the people. Glasgow has a saying, people make Glasgow. And it's so true, isn't it? Each one of you is at work. Each one of you is studying or at school or somewhere and participating in the city's future and present success. Like Matt says, what you say is how it will go. What you pray is what will come of God's kingdom. And he's positioned each one of you there. And God is saying over Manchester that he is believing for great things, but he has put things in the foundation 
And I did speak from my notes this morning, and I'm happy to give you my notes. But I feel like sometimes when you prophesy twice from, from reading things, it doesn't quite feel the same. There'll be some bits of that, that that God is saying again, and I'll need to read. But I really feel like, as Matt said, there's another level. So why don't you just position yourself and say, God, whatever my part is in this... I want to participate. God, whatever you have for me, I want to hear it and I want to receive it. For the Lord is saying, sons and daughters, I have positioned you rightly. And I've positioned you rightly in this church family. And I've positioned you rightly in this city. And we know that Manchester is the geographical city, if you will, at the center or closest to the center for the UK. And that is important. You are an apostolic hub. What does that mean? You're a place where people of the ecclesia, the government of God are supposed to come in and out and get equipped. You are a beachhead for the kingdom of God, which in warfare terms means you hold a territory for the kingdom of God on the earth when the enemy has all around it. And the enemy is in a good job of trying to shut the voice of God down in this city, but he's calling Manchester my megaphone, the voice. He calls your city the voice. He has names for all of his cities in every nation. But Manchester, you are the voice. And I believe that is why BBC is here, is because God has a righteous plan and his righteous voice wants to come forth from here. And there is a turning around, there is a divine reversal over the city of what the enemy has meant for evil, God is bringing around for good. There is a resonance in the spirit. There are spiritual waves from what has been spoken from here of anti-Christ words, of anti-righteousness words. But God is saying, I am bringing my voice of righteousness back to the city. And it's amazing how 10,000 people can gather in a city that's not to be taken lightly. That is God. But he's got more for you. And yes, it's about big numbers crying out to God, but it's also about strategically placed people where you're positioned in proximity to power. So for those of you who perhaps work in the BBC, like Lucy was telling me she works for BBC, or you may work in the economic mountain and business, you may work uh, in commercial world, you may work in education or healthcare, whatever that is, God is saying, I have positioned you in proximity to bring transformation in this city. And your prayer is to be, use me God. Let me be your spokesperson. Let me be your mouthpiece. Let me be the one who holds your opinion, God, in my mouth that needs to come out. Because God's putting words in your mouth. And the enemy doesn't like it. And he's made it hard for you to share, hard for you to speak. We dealt with some of that yesterday. That the, the word of God, the voice of God, where you felt silenced, where you felt like, I can't get my words out. God is breaking that off today. So the Lord says over you, Manchester, the apple of my eye, be holy. Manchester, my delight and joy, be great and worthy. Manchester, city of light and life, be as one, as John 17 says, and be pure. Manchester, you will see again my glory, says God. Manchester, you who were once great, you were her a voice of strength and a scepter of my authority who ruled with justice and an iron hand. Rule again, Manchester. Reign again, Manchester. Be great again, Manchester. And the Lord began to speak to me about the previous decades and even centuries where Manchester was marked for transformation, not just for this region, but for the nation and the nations part of the industrial revolution and God is moving his hand across the city with his iron scepter and he's breaking off all disappointment and hope deferred and it's almost like there's this echo in the spirit that says yeah okay Manchester you were once great but now look at you but the Lord is saying, no, you will be great again. And as the ecclesia rises in this city, and as the ecclesia, the government of God, the church of God, the word that Jesus uses in Matthew 12 for the church, the ecclesia, who are the legislative body on the earth, that is you, church, that is you. Yes, we're a family, but we are also a government of God on the earth. 
And he's saying, Manchester Ecclesia, it is time to legislate. It is time to legislate with your voices. It is time to legislate even with your decrees that are spoken and that are written. What we say over ourselves is important. What we say over our city is important. And if we are tied up in disappointment or tied up in uh, hope deferred, we get stuck and we get stale. And the Lord is saying to us this morning, it is time to go again. And when prophets come and prophesy, or when God says to you a word, God's looking for a response. And you are a tenacious people in Manchester. I know some of you have come from outside the city, but there is this diligent work ethic and there is this do or die approach that, that is God given to the city and the people to just not give up. And actually for some of you, it has brought you to your knees and almost killed you. And for some of you, you felt like, I don't even know if I can keep going God, but he's saying, will you go again? And for some of you in the room who've been around and are a little bit more long in the tooth, you feel like God, I've gone again and I've gone again and I've gone again. And I don't know if I have it in me to go again, God. I don't know if I've got the energy. I don't know if I've got the strength. I don't know if I've got this ability to even begin to go again, God. And so as Matt was saying, I really feel like this, this crescendo of sound that God wants to release from Manchester of prayer, praise, prophecy, decree, declaration, worship, not just from the ecclesia, but also from places like the BBC who carry a word, who carry a voice that goes to the nation. There is another level for you, but it first must be heard in the church. Why? Because we are the government of God. And it's so important that we understand who we are, that we have that authority of Christ in us to move things forward. And if something's out of alignment, we get to say order. If something's out of time, because we know in Daniel 7 that the enemy comes to try and change set times and seasons over regions and people and even over nations, we get to say, no, we will have the timing of God on our city. We will have the timing of God on our church. But church, you are the ones who get to decide with God what happens by your response. So God is cleaning and he's clearing what I was seeing at the foundations of the city in the spirit because I, I see in the spirit as a, as a, a see a prophet often I'll get um, revelation that way and I saw the foundations of the city and what God had intended always for you to be a city of light for you to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden to be bright and shining for the Lord there's all this kind of like gunk and silt and mud like a landslide has come over the foundations and the Lord is saying to your church do you want a cosmetic updo a makeover as a city or do you want the deep work God is saying, I want the deep work. I want the fullness of the deep work. And the Lord is saying, I'm digging around the foundations of the city. I am pulling out of you grief. I am pulling out of you pain. I am pulling out of you disappointment. So if we go back to where God says, the people is the city. Yes, it's the buildings. Yes, it's the territory, the geo geography. Yes, it's the city chambers, all of those things, but it's the people. It's like nations, land and people. You are the city. And God is saying, I want to do it in you first. So why don't you just put your hand on your heart if you're up for that? I just feel like the Lord is saying this deep work that he wants to do in the city and the foundations of the city, he wants to do that deep work in you right now individually. He's saying, I am digging around your foundations, son, daughter. I am digging around the foundations of who you are. I want to rebuild you. I want to do a Nehemiah work on you so that you can do a Nehemiah work in this city. And I can pray for you, but you need to pray, God, I give you access to my life. I give you access to my heart, my emotions. I give you access to who I am, God, that you may do a deep work in me. Recognizing 
We all go through disappointments, recognizing that life is not easy. But God is saying, let me in to do that deep work. It's not comfortable. It's often unpleasant, but the Lord says, let me in. And as we were praying this morning, and as God really confirmed that in the first service, the love of God is so over you. The jealous love of God. Where he doesn't just want you to succeed and tick a box and do, you know, the, oh, they did a good job for me. But he just wants you to know his love for you. That he wants the best for you. That he longs for all that's come against you. Even all that you've thought yourself about yourself to be aligned with heaven. So God, I pray for these dear ones, Lord, that there would be a, a kingdom come in them. That deep work in them, that deep work in their hearts, that deep work in the places that you intimately know. For we all know that God has that intimacy with us and desires more of it. So we say, go deeper, God. Dig around our foundations. Dig into the places we've got stuck that we may be released. God, dig into the places where hope deferred has made our hearts heavy. Dig into me, God. And you know, if any of you are gardeners or have seen that or understand gardening, when there's an old, an old tree, you've got to chop it down and then you have to dig around the roots quite far out, don't you? You have to dig around it and you have to then release it by digging around it. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I want to dig around those foundations so that I can release you into the fullness of what I have for you to uproot everything of death, everything of disappointment that has come in. He says, I want to pull it out. Now, I didn't know when I prayed for you and uh, over Christmas and even last week as I wrote what God told me to, to share with you this morning. But I want you to know that he knows what we need. Doesn't he confirm that so often? And we don't always like it. And let me tell you, when God said to me, share, Sarah Jane, that testimony of your life that is so private to you that you've never shared publicly on a platform, I mean. I mean, I've talked to friends about it, but I've not shared it publicly. And I know it brings another level of healing to me to share it with you. But about 11 years ago, uh, I was in my bedroom praying and I thought I'd arrived in my journey with God. And I thought, nothing can shake me. I am so strong in my faith. God, I said, you can do anything. You can shake me however you want. And I know that my faith is secure and sure. And it felt like I could feel the tangible presence of God holding me to say that. But it was almost like I thought, Somehow I'd achieved something and arrived at a point that, you know, this is my life level. I've made it. How naive was I? Two weeks after that prayer, which was on the 10th of this month, this weekend, 11 years ago and three months to the date, actually, interestingly, we got a phone call and I got a phone call from our best man, who was also the father of our goddaughter. And she was seven, the same age as my son. Uh, myself and Kate, her mother, had been pregnant together. And my husband had been their best man, and he had been our best man. And we were not blood family, but family. We were close. 
And Erin had been in a horrible accident learning to ride her bike. And he said, we're at the hospital. We don't know if, if it's going to be okay. Uh, and will you come? Will you go and get Alexander? That was the, the daughter, uh, their other daughter who was younger, who'd been left with a friend who happened to be at the site of the accident uh, at a reservoir. Um, and I won't go to go into all the detail of it, but the, the sense of you all know when you've had one of those phone calls or got the news that is so shocking that you can't believe it's true. And you have that freezing moment where you're just like, what? What? What, what happened? And then it was almost like the nightmare begins, you know? And so that, that raw cavern that opens up with a phone call of pain when a child is injured and you don't know what's going to happen. And we were five days in the hospital, my husband Alistair and myself and my parents came up so that they could be with our young kids at home and we were diligently with them, praying with Erin, believing for healing, getting our friends who were faith believers in healing to come and pray for her, believing for something to happen that God would break through in a miracle. And as she was in um, the intensive care unit at the kids hospital in Glasgow. And for five days we sat <laughs> and prayed and didn't sleep a lot. And my husband Alistair said after, he got on his knees at one point and said, God, I'll do anything if you will heal Erin. And that was a big thing for him then. But on the first night at the hospital, God had given me a vision as I was praying with the parents as she was in theater, having the fight of her life and having an operation. And he gave me this vision that told me that she was alive but she was not alive. She was being kept alive. And he gave me the scripture, let the little children come to me. And I was like, God, I think I know what you're meaning, but I don't want to believe that. And I'm going to choose to kind of ignore that, even though it's in my skin and under my skin, because I love Erin and I love this family and we want to see her healed. And I can't believe God that she's going to die. And I would say to some of my friends back at church, this is what the Lord has shown me. And I'm really afraid that it means that she's not going to make it, but I'm believing for healing, believe for healing with me. And on the fifth day, uh, the doctors told the parents, I'm really, really sorry, but actually, we've now managed to do the, the brain test and Erin is brain dead and we'll have to turn the, uh, the machine off. And so my fear that God told me would happen on the first night came to be reality. What do you do then when all hope's gone? What do you do then when everything looks like it's over and life is never the same again? What do you do when your faith is shaken like that to the very core and you say, God, I cannot believe you let this happen? For a long time, I couldn't pray for healing because I was so disappointed after that. I believed you would heal her, God. For a long time after that, I couldn't even pray. And I'd been a woman who'd said, anything can shake me and I'll have faith. Anything can happen, God, and I'll still stand for you. But I, I was so lost in the Psalm 88 cave that David talks about that I could not get out. I felt cut off from God. I felt cut off from my friends. I felt just like, what the heck is happening? And it was a journey that I don't want to walk again. And just when you think things, <laughs> things couldn't get any worse, the day of Erin's funeral, my husband is giving the eulogy. He and the father of Erin are carrying in the coffin. And my father-in-law has a, a, an episode and passes out on the floor of the church, cries out in the silence. I mean, there was hundreds of people there. 
And the ambulance has to come and take him away before the funeral can continue. My father-in-law's gone to hospital. We get a phone call the day after the funeral, in fact, no, the day after Erin died, to say our son Thomas needed an operation and we want to do it in an emergency. We need him in in three days. And we're like, no, 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 we can't. We're, we're burying our goddaughter. So they said, well, we're happy to leave it for a week. So we were back in that hospital where Erin died a week after she died with our son having an operation. And, and myself and my husband are like, God, are you kidding me? We can't do this anymore. This is too much, God. And actually my husband literally sulked in a corner away with his back away from God for about a year. And it took him a long time to come back to God. So months went by, weeks went by. And I have this vision. I remember I was driving down actually to Cumbria to see my mum who'd had a knee replacement. And a friend had given me a tape about Psalm 88. And I was just praying it through and I'm driving and I'm crying as I'm driving and I'm praying as I'm driving. Not recommended. <laughs> I should have pulled over. But I had this vision of Jesus on the cross. And I saw him in his suffering, and I saw him in the true way that we read about in scripture, in a fresh way. And it was like I had a choice in that moment. And it was like, it felt like it was a do or die moment. It felt like if I hadn't I responded to that, it was almost like I'd be lost myself. But I said, Jesus, yes. Where can I go? All I can say is yes to you, God. All I can say is yes to your journey of whatever that looks like. And he just said to me, Sarah Jane, will you walk with me? Will you come with me? Will you take my hand? And will you sit with me a while? And will you let me talk to you? And this journey of restoration that he brought me, my husband and our family, on and and Aaron's family to a degree <laughs> amazing gift God spoke about a new child and they had a son within a couple of years and that was amazing gift and I could tell you so many things of goodness of God in the end but let me tell you the first time back in church oh my goodness that was hard and people are saying God is good don't tell me God is good. I can't, I can't even speak right now. I'm so in pain with the grief. But diligent friends, faithful friends, and just the fact that when disappointment happens and something happens that you can't compute as a child of God, he says, I am good and I am faithful and I will see you through this. And I know your future. And even though you don't, there is something beyond that. It's something so painful you can't see it. And I didn't know that you guys as a house here had had so many young deaths in the church, but God knows, right? God knows. And he's saying to you, will you let me have the grief? Will you let me have the pain? Will you let me have the disappointment? And even will you let me have the anger? It's all justified because it is painful. But he says, I don't want to leave you stuck. I want to bring you forward. And all, each one of you have had things where relationships have broken down or, or finances have come to death, as it were, or situations where you had a hope and belief for something and believe God was saying something and then it didn't happen. But he's saying, son, daughter, believe me again that I am good and I have something beyond that disappointment. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a tree of, uh, uh, what is it? But a dream fulfilled uh, is a tree of life. So let's believe for the, the dreams fulfilled again. The fact that I'm here is a testimony to all of that. I didn't know my call was to be a minister. I didn't know my call was to be a prophet 11 years, three months ago. I was in property doing my thing so as the Lord releases his word over you individually and as a family of God he is saying will you give me your disappointment 
Will you give me the questions and the unanswered things that you're struggling with? The but why God? Or the but if I do this, will you do that God? Trying to understand it. Will you just lay it all down? And he's saying, I want your yes and I want your yielded heart. He's saying, will you yield to me? And yielding means giving up the argument, giving up the defenses, giving up the things that we don't understand to just say, yes, I'm yielding, God. I don't get it. I don't like it, but I'm yielding. And God comes with a word. Will we be like Mary, the mother of Jesus, who said, May it be to me as you've said, God. Even though she hadn't a clue what was coming. Or will we be more like Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who really struggled and said, well, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't see how you can do that, God. I'm looking at my city. I'm looking at my personal situation. I don't see how you can do that, God. And what did the angels say? Because you've doubted, I'm going to shut your mouth up so you can't speak until you see my glory, until you see the word fulfilled, and then I'll open your mouth again. And actually believe this, we've been working a lot in prayer on the silencing that's going on of the voices in the house, and the, even in Manchester, who as we talked about earlier, that this is the place of the voice of God. But I do believe that in, in part that the Lord has had some silences when silences were needed so that you would be a people of faith and continue to be that people of faith in hard times. So God says, will you give me your yes? I want your yes. And that's the, the main thing, I would say, that Jesus and God, when I've prayed for you, he says, Sarah Jane, I want the yes. That's all he wants today. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to kind of figure out what comes after today or even after the moment of saying yes. He's just saying, will you give it to me? And for some of you, it's really hard because you're like, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I trust you, God. And if that's you, I would encourage you to say, I choose to ask you, God, to help me get to the place where I can yield. I choose to be one who says, get me to say yes, God. Get me to the place where I can say yes if you're not there right now today. Amen. Why don't you stand God just wants to minister to you. It's very aware, um, the end of worship there, there's, there's angels in the room. We know angels minister to the, uh, the sons of God and they, they want to minister to you. So how, God wants to minister sovereignly by his spirit as well. And I'm going to pray some things, but I want you just to be open. Open-hearted, open-minded. Focus on Jesus. Yes, listen to my voice, but don't focus on me. Close your eyes. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about what's going on to your left or your right. But just say, I want to meet with you right now, God. I want to be used for transformation in my family. I want to be used by you, God, where you've placed me. There's lots of question marks over the heads in the room. How, God? When, God? Why? How? <laughs> He's saying, let the questions drop right now. Just right now, let go of the questions. God, with his sovereign hand, will do many things. But he's saying, will you be my fellow workers? Will you be my co-laborers? And this is a time where you get to respond and you get to say out loud yes when you want to say yes or you get to pray, God, help me get there. 
I'm really struggling. Whatever it is, wherever you are right now, God knows. And he's saying to you today, come with me, walk with me, take my hand. So in the name of Jesus, God, as your sons and daughters say yes, God, we ask, King Jesus, we ask right now that you come with your weight, that you come with the weight of your hammer that is the word of God from your hand and that you would break down, that you would break through, that you would kill everything that is contrary to you and your ways around your people. And Jesus is saying, I'm coming with my hammer and I'm breaking down those walls. I'm breaking down the places that you have felt stuck and I'm doing it in my hand sovereignly in this moment. Let me break it down. Let me break the chains. Let me break the places of your stuckness, says your God. So your response is, God, I give you access I give you access to the things that I know about where I'm stubborn. I give you access to the places that I know about where I've been a bit argumentative or even difficult or even I've turned my back away from you, God. And I say right now, God, I choose to give you access. And I say, yes, come with the hammer of your word and break me out, God. Break me out of where I have got stuck. Break me out, God, of where I have been stale. Break me out, God, of where I've been disappointed. Disappointed. Break me out, God, of where I have been lost. And I see some of you have been like the lost sheep, caught in traps. And the shepherd, the Lord who is our shepherd, the Lord Almighty Jesus is coming to untangle you and free you and break you out of where you have got stuck. So we just agree with what he's doing. We remove those brambles and those briars from around you. So King Jesus comes to rescue where you've been lost. My sheep, my voice, he says, my sheep, my voice, come to me, my sheep, follow my voice. Just like when lambs shout and cry and their mums cry back and the Lord is saying, follow the voice. And the sheep follow the shepherd's voice. My voice son my voice daughter follow me come to me walk with me for some of you who are even on teetering on the edge of faith and actually where you had faith and you believe for things even like I shared with my own story but you were struggling to walk forward the Lord says come back to me now He's pulling you back from the edge. He's taking your hand. Let him take your hand and pull you back in. Because he's so jealous. And he's saying over each one of you, you are mine. You are mine. All mine. So I speak to the hand of the enemy where the enemy has tried to shut you down, shut you up, get his hand on your neck, and I remove his hand from you. Anywhere there is a cloud of depression, a cloud of low mood, God, we say now come with your breath and blow those clouds off your dear ones right now. For the Lord says there is a song arising from my people and it is a song of the children of God that is coming from my ecclesia in this city. It is coming from my ecclesia in this house. And the Lord says, sons and daughters, will you release the sound of heaven in your praise and your worship? Will you say yes to me even in this time where you felt stuck? Will you raise a hallelujah in your praise and your worship? 
Will you release the sound of heaven on the earth? For the Lord says, I long to bring a crescendo of a sound, a crescendo of a rumbling, a crescendo of my voice and even of heaven. And we've been watching in the spirit, even this weekend, of the glory of God's clouds, his dark thunder clouds, where he resides. We read about in scripture, and the dark thundering clouds of God's glory, where the lightnings of his voice strike the ground. And God wants to instill a fear of the Lord into you today. He's saying, don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of the enemy, but have the right fear and reverence of the Lord. My glory is on you, Manchester. My glory is on you, Ivy Church. My glory is rumbling and thundering. And if you have a prayer, if you have a sound, if you have a song, now's the time to release it. Because part of the way that we break the restriction of the enemy is to release the song and release the voice. Your voice will be heard, says the Lord. Your voice will be heard, son and daughter. Your voice will be heard, Manchester, for you are my voice. You are my megaphone. <laughs> Raise your prayer, raise your song, church. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. He wants to build his throne in the midst of you. He wants to come with his glory. My glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, says your God. Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. Be carriers of my glory. Be partakers of my glory. just share something very quickly um, I don't know whether anyone else here has noticed what I noticed as Sarah Jane came in she's actually wearing the same colors as our logo like her top and, and our colors are quite unusual her top is that green and her cardigan is that blue and I thought, what, what are you saying through that, Lord? And I felt the Lord say it, through it, we receive the prophet. She's wearing our colors, Ivy. Receive the prophet. But more than that, the imprint is going to land into our hearts. The prophetic that she's spoken is going to be carried by each one of us and some of us are going to receive a prophetic mantle today and the colors will be imprinted on our hearts receive the prophet today
and receive the prophetic gift because it says in the Bible, I wish all of you would prophesy. It's not, a, it's not an exclusive gift. Receive the prophetic today. I believe that's right, that there is a marking, there is an imprint that the Lord wants to do. And so can I ask for any of you who are leaders in Ivy in any form, even just to come forward, because it's, you know, it's a prophetic act to just participate in what God is doing. I could pray for you where you are in your seats, but that the Lord wants to do something of a marking. He wants to put his hand on you. So it's not that he doesn't want to put your, his hand on everyone, but he just wants to mark your leaders. We know that leaders are doubly tested. Leaders are watched more closely by God than, than the rest of us. A marking in an imprint, uh, as Deborah said. And I don't know if Deborah or, or Anthony or Matt, you want to come and pray for your people or if you want to get in there and get prayed for yourselves. But whatever, whatever you want to do as we just wait on the Lord... And just open up your hands. And church, the rest of you, open up your hands because you get the blessing of this too. Quick story. Many, many, many years ago in the early 2000s, I was in a meeting in Scotland and there was a call at the very end of the meeting and the leader just said, if you feel that you want to be used by God for Scotland, she said, I feel like you need to stand up so God sees you're standing. And I stood up. I couldn't help myself. I thought, I don't know why I'm standing. I just am. And God has marked me with Scotland. He's married me to the land. He's given me such a passion for our nation. I'm English born. But he wants to do that for you, for your city, for your nation. And he's saying, will you say yes as you stand even to whatever it looks like, whatever this thing looks like that God is doing? I don't know because new is new. God's doing a new thing. I'm standing for Manchester. I'm standing for my nation. I'm standing for my school. I'm standing for my university. I'm standing for whatever you feel you're standing for, but you're saying, yes, God, see me standing for that. Give me a passion for that. And for you leaders, the Lord says, sons and daughters, I am loosing my powerful hand upon you. He says, sons and daughters, I am anointing you afresh. I am commissioning you afresh this day. And I am putting my heavy hand of glory on you. And I, I don't know if you can feel that, leaders, but I can feel the weight of his hand that is heavy. Receive that weight. Marking you with my glory. I'm marking you with my glory. I'm marking you with my glory. And he's pushing his hand onto your flesh. And he's pushing his hand into you and marking your spirit and you we may not fully understand it but just receive i'm i'm usually so careful with my words i write my talks out i literally have pages of them so i'm usually very careful i'm i'm very careful around i try to be around leadership Frank years ago said to me you need to identify yourself as the leader of Ivy when you come and you stand up he said you need to identify yourself as being the leader as being the one that the Lord entrusted to be the leader I, I really hate doing that I hate titles I want everybody to be a leader but I can't help you to be a leader if I'm not a leader and Somebody bought me this jumper for Christmas and it says boss and I'm like I love the jumper I hate the word but you know what the Lord's called me to lead here I am going to lead here I'm going to be the leader here I'm going to be a shepherd that's the job the Lord is my shepherd I'm an under shepherd I'm accountable together with other leaders 
But you know, leadership is always by permission. It's always by somebody saying, well, I'll follow. I'll, I'll do that. And so I'm so grateful. I want all the input, all the wisdom we can get from as many people as possible. Well, basically, as we do stand together, if we're going to move forward, it's going to need leaders to step up. And very often, I've found that the problems that have come in my leadership haven't been usually when I have over-exercised authority. But they've been when I've refused and I've backed away from authority and, and, and placing that mantle upon myself and being willing to do that. It doesn't mean we always get it right. Wow, I know that. But at the same token, I've got to lead. And, and Lord, I just pray for myself now as there's these other leaders here and there's these other leaders here because this is a church full of leaders. Lord, we just say that yes to you. It is a yes to you. As we are yielded to you, we yield to you. We say, I'm not in charge. I want you to be in charge. I want you to be in charge of me. I want you to lead me. I want to hear your voice. I don't want to, I don't want rebellion, which is as the sin of witchcraft, the Bible says, in any way to rule over me. Thank you, Jesus. And so I just pray that in this yes, we'll just see the benefits every day of a yes to you, a yes to you. Lord, I want to be led and I want to lead your way. Would you say that with me? Lord, I want to be led and I want to lead your way. Say it again. Lord, I want to be led and I want to lead your way, your way, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and Lord, we receive that word from Deborah about the colours and the mantle. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, just release that mantle over everybody who's willing to receive it, to hear you more closely, Lord, from that place of yieldingness, Lord, that we would wear your colours, your colours. And I just see the Lord coming with mantles and placing them upon shoulders and crowns upon heads in the name of Jesus to be that kingdom of priests and I feel the Lord's moving us you know sometimes the priestly prayer goes up and that's a, it's good to do that but there's a kingly decree that comes that speaks to situations and atmospheres and, and cultures and decrees and declares this is what is and this is what will be Lord, I release that kingly authority in this room for all who are willing to be submitted to you that they will receive the power that comes from submission. Lord, you are gentle and humble of heart. And as a result of that, Lord, you're the king of kings and lord of lords. We receive that. Break everything in me. Break everything in us, Lord, that would stop your power getting through in love in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So God, we thank you for those individual mantles, but we thank you that you are mantling this house, Ivy, corporately, not just, um, Anthony, can you see? Sorry, I just want to put my hands on you. Okay. Um, that there is a corporate mantling that he's doing of Ivy Church uh, for here, for all the campuses. And so we thank you, God, uh, that you are laying your mantle in place of where the enemy tried to snuff out a move, that you are mantling this house, that you are mantling the leaders, and you are mantling your people with your covering, and you are intentionally, God, marking them and mantling them with your glory <laughs> yeah. sometimes the glory of God comes like honey like the sweet word of God and God right now is that mantle kind of like hits you as a house hits you as a church ivy church the Lord says let my sticky honey glory stick to you that you become sticky and that people stick to you and things stick to you and, and people almost won't know why they're attracted to you because of that sticky glory of God. Mm -hmm. You just say more God, more God.
more God, more God. Your word, your glory, your honey on our tongues. Ivy Church, I'm putting my word in your mouth. Receive my word. Prophetic acts are weird, but if you open up your mouth and say, fill my mouth with your glory, fill my mouth with your word of your glory, your doxa, your glory thinking, your doxa, your glory word, God. We want our mouths to be filled with only your words, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we thank you that this is a new era for Ivy. This is a new day. This is a demarcation weekend that God has said the old is gone and the new has arisen. It is not arising, it is here. And Matt and Lucy, the word of the Lord for you right now is son and daughter. You are not here by accident. You are not here by default. I put you here with my divine hand. And the Lord says, son and daughter, if you will let me, the weight of my hand will press you more firmly into the ground here, into the city here, into even this house of ivy. For the Lord says, son and daughter, I have marked you for your generation. He says, son, I have made you one who is pure of heart. And son, I have made you one, he says, with an apostolic grace, yes, of a shepherd, but also with the sharpness of an apostolic leader. And the Lord says, son, you've been asking me, why am I here? Lucy, come stand with your hubby. My hand placed you here. My voice called you here. And my word holds you here. But the Lord says, son and daughter, it is your choice now how you respond. We know where Mordecai said to Esther, if you won't, I'll find someone else who will. But the Lord says, I've chosen you first. So will you let the weight of my hand press on your heads and push you into this territory? Will you let, he says, my weighty hand of my glory press you more firmly into this place? For the Lord says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I have brought you here like Abraham to begin again. You already came and began something. But I just say, like, right today, this day, the 12th of the 1st, 2020, the Lord says it's a begin again day. It's a heart choice day to say, yes, God, even if your heavy hand is holding us in places we don't want to be held in, we're going to say yes. yes. Son who is pure of heart. And daughter, who is like Miriam, who raises a song of the Lord and a celebration of who God is. The Lord says, son and daughter, be my leaders. For there is a generation waiting for you to arise on this new day in this new way. There is a generation of radical worshipers. There is a generation of radical ones. And one of the words that we had for the house this morning was this school of worship. And there is a rabid cry. There is a raw cry coming from the teenagers and from the early young adults of late teens and early 20s. There is a cry of desperation for the Lord in a new way in this time in this season and God is doing it in this house and he's doing it in these campuses and he's speaking over this South Didsbury campus and he's particularly speaking even over academy be raw in your worship be radical in your worship be released and have your fetters cut 
For the Lord says, it is my desire to cut the head off the spirit of religion. It is my desire to put my foot on the head of religion on your behalf. But the Lord says, get your feet on its neck. Get that spirit of religion under your feet and you do it by radical dancing. And I didn't finish praying for you earlier. Can you come John Mark. This anointing. And for those of you from Academy who weren't here this morning, if you feel like, or even for, for this house, if you feel like, I'm a rabid worshiper, I want to release the sound, I want to release the dance, I want to release the fullness of the kingdom of God in that expression, come forward and respond to that. The Lord sees your movement. But the Lord was saying about this new sound being released from this house that will be an ivy sound, that will be a radical sound. And I believe that even as we've just been praying and prophesying this morning, the sound comes from the thundering glory clouds of God and you need to steward that. That there is a glory sound where you get to come and be based here at the South Gate because it's strategic, geographically it's strategic. It's not that academy is not important, but God is birthing the school of worship here, is releasing something here together. So you guys from all the campuses need to come together to radically cry out in worship, to be free, to dance, to move. Those who feel moved in worship. This is not a time for sitting on our seats and on our butts. It is time for moving forward into the momentum that God is releasing on the earth in the British Isles through his church. And the ecclesia is to be like a juggernaut. But the engine of the juggernaut is to be a raw cry of worship from its young people. Older ones, you help pray, you help facilitate, you help and release the sound, but it's coming like a train. It's coming like a juggernaut. It's coming like the revival came in the Isle of Lewis when people could not get out of the way and it chased them down. The Lord says, I'm chasing you down, young ones. I'm chasing you down, radical worshippers. I'm chasing you down. Release the sound, God. Release the sound, God of worship. Release the sound of breakthrough. Release the sound, God. It's a new day. It's a new sound. So I pray for Matt and Lucy as they steward this house and as they lead here with their team. Wisdom, revelation, glory, vision, strategy. Blueprints. Next generation leaders arise. Next generation voice be heard. Next generation prophets take your office. Next generation watchmen awaken and stand. And I loose an awakening to your spirits, each one in the room, each one in ivy. Be awakened to the move of God that is here and in the midst of you. Do not let it pass you by. So we say glory to God. All the glory to God. Thank you, God, for your mercy and your goodness. Have your glory in Ivy. Have your glory in Manchester. Part of the year of focus, one we've said is we're not going to do Ivy Central, the evening thing, every week. We're going to do it on the third Sunday here in the evening. And we want to go deep like this in those times. We want to create space for God. We're going to get guest people in. We're going to be doing our own stuff too. But So there is no evening service tonight. Please pray. But uh, next week there is. And I think the Lord's already been giving me a bit of a word for next week. So... Um, please come because this is the hub 
this is what's been said. These people came on the Friday uh, and they prayed in this place for hours and hours and hours, soaking the ground here because they said, this is the hub. This is the place that has been set apart by God for generations to mark generations. So we think this is the only place we can do the central stuff. And from here, it goes out and it goes out into the different places as well. So it's really important, whatever other site you might belong to, the life comes from the center and then it goes out so be be connected into that thank you jesus for all that you're doing there's plenty of time for other people to receive prayer um pray for one another sarah jane's not going to be able to pray for everybody because we have a thing called a train which i need to get to fairly soon but um yeah lord we thank you so much for what you've done thank you that you yeah, this is an, a new day. You know, you're doing a new thing. It said last week, now it springs up. We want to perceive it. We want to take hold of all that you have for us, personally, corporately, and for the city. Thank you, Lord, that you've positioned us here. It's not by accident, Lord, that we're here to receive your word and to declare and to decree your word and your ways. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. just one thing uh, that they said during the time we were here I just feel it's important to say it is um, the the power of speaking in tongues if it's something that you don't do it's a gift the Lord can give to you just ask him and start to practice and it might sound to you like nonsense but it sounds scary to the devil and it sounds beautiful to God and it builds you up and just to spend some time maybe just to pray and to ask him Lord give me your words put your words in my mouth and it might not sound like you think they're meant to sound and a good way to practice that is to release release the gift of tongues thank you Jesus thanks for listening for more podcasts go to ivychurch.org media